have Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And if you want to find out what's going on, check out Nostalgia Highway. Right, fellas? Right. Give me a hole, guys. Hello! So I got one for you. See if you can guess this one. Alright. Monsters! Yeah? Yeah, Monsters. Married with children. Yep. Married with children. Nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Imagine, if you will, a movie review podcast coming to you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border from three friends bonded by their love for cinema. Their highway leads to a route of the land of the different, the bizarre, and the unexplainable. Go as far as you like on this road. Its limits are only those of the mind itself. Ladies and gentlemen, you're entering the wondrous dimension of imagination. Next stop, Hitchhikers, Nostalgia Highway. Yes, we are Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, or the no-frills bi-weekly movie review podcast where we are camping once again to bring you more campfire tales of dimensions between light and shadow, science and superstition. But let's not delay any longer and get right into tonight's review. I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and joining me for episode 45, if you're paying attention, this is our unofficial 50th episode, counting bonuses. Out here on the highway are my co-hosts who know something scary when they see it. Hey man, can we not scare me tonight, please? I'm not ready for this shit. I am the Lord Ketchum. And I'm Dave, King of the Road. Nice. Yeah. Tonight we're reviewing Twilight Zone, the movie, from 1983. Four directors collaborated to remake four episodes of the popular television series, The Twilight Zone, for this movie. The episodes are updated slightly and in color, but very true to the originals where eerie and disturbing situations gradually spin out of control. Time out, kick the can, it's a good life, and nightmare at 20,000 feet. This was directed by Joe Dante, John Landis, George Miller, and Steven Spielberg. That's a hell of, that's a, a, hell of a lineup. Yeah, you're damn yeah. right it is. We got Dan Aykroyd, Albert Brooks, Vic Morrow, Scatman Crothers, Kathleen Quinlan, Kevin McCarthy, John Lithgow, Burgess Meredith, and of course, Dick Miller. Dick yeah, Miller. Scruffy. It's Walter Paisley, proprietor of a diner. Dude, man, I mean, it's perfect. How could this movie? Yeah, that man makes me smile anytime he's on screen. Damn right, man. This movie's got to be great. Look at this fucking lineup. I'll just go ahead and tell you, this movie is right in the warm and fuzzies for me. Oh yeah, straight up. It's PG too, so you can watch it with the family. Yep. Yeah. It's nineteen. It's early eighties PG. Yeah, exactly. Because I <laughs> so, was trying to think. I take was like, note. Well, yeah, could my kids watch? Consider it? that when you're because uh, you're watching timeouts. You're like, eh, yeah. I don't Maybe know. skip over that one. Yeah. I don't know. Right. But yeah, it's an ugly lesson in that one. 
Yeah. It's very direct. Yeah. You can get this in in an hour and 40 minutes. It's not too long. It's released on June 24th, 1983 on an estimated $10 million budget. Made $6.6 million its opening weekend and grossed 29 That is not very good. It's not great. I mean, it made money. It profited. Yeah, but I mean... Ah, that's that's not good. To be honest, I can't believe it only cost $10 million. With that list of people, you know, that's... I mean, this was pretty much, I mean, it made money, but it wasn't done at the box office. I mean, it did bring back around the Twilight Zone notoriety, and it, sure. you know, rekindled the TV series that CBS started to air in uh, 85. It ran to 89. Right. 65 episodes, and that's the one yeah. that I grew up watching. That had one of the best intros, I think, like, as far as, like, terrifying, scary mm -hmm. opening intro. I don't see, I don't remember anything, like, super in particular about it, but... I do remember that this was on my parents' television growing up, and but mostly I remember being scared shitless over an episode that had a shadow figure that lived under a boy's bed. Mm -hmm. Right, pure nightmare fuel. He was a friendly for a shadow mare. figure, though, wasn't he? I it didn't matter. They it, made it, like it, a deal or something, and then it, it messed with me. I didn't like it. The boy broke the deal. I think I liked the. Um, there's an Elvis episode. It's called the Now and Future King. It's about a Elvis impersonator that can't make it as anything else, and he gets his name Sebastian Half. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely, yeah. absolutely what I think of when I see this episode. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because he goes back and he's a spitting image of the real Elvis before he becomes Elvis, and he's okay. like fanboying over him and giving him too much information about his own future, as you know we learn from Doc Brown. You don't want to know too much about your own future, so Elvis starts turning against wanting to be Elvis and not wanting to sing and the kid ends up killing him and taking over the life of Elvis. Oh shit. And living out his entirety as Elvis. Wow. It shows him as an old man getting ready to die and shit. Right. It's, it's good stuff. IMDB had this at a 6.5. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 56% or audience score of 55%. What? Man, that's too low. That's a little low. Yeah. Too low. Hey, stuck that they fire. Hurry up, man. Where did Siskel and Niebert stand on this, Matt? We haven't heard a Siskel and Niebert review in a while. Well, I thought I, I was I was instructed not to. No, nah. nobody said not to. Okay, just only when it was good news. <laughs> well, it's just when you hear him bitching, it's just like shut up. I don't want to hear it. Really. If you have the Cinemax add-on with your Amazon Prime, it's streaming there for free. Otherwise, you can rent it. Or buy it on Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. There you go. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to find this on original VHS. Yeah. It's that Warner Brother clamshell. I really want it so bad. It looks so good. So did you guys know that originally, for the ending, all the central characters of the segments were to cross paths on the same highway seen at the beginning of the movie? Possibly by a crash or by some other event that brings them all together. But this idea was dropped in favor of Dan Aykroyd simply turning to Lithgow in the uh, ambulance and uh, being the driver at the end, which I love, right. by the way. What are your thoughts on how that original ending was? You... Um, I like what we got, and it yeah. doesn't need changed. Okay. I'm kind of with you, but this is intriguing. But, yeah. I, but I'll but i tell you, like, look, watching this as a kid, like seeing that immediate callback to something in the movie, you know, that was in a different story. It was just, I don't yeah. know, I love that. That was really cool. Right. It, you know, that continuity. Yeah, that works. It gives me a stiffy. 
So I don't think I would have liked if all of them had converged together at the highway. I, I don't. I don't know. I agree. That seems a little too excess. Yeah, yeah, too cheesy. I guess you know. It is the Twilight Zone. Yeah, but the way they did it here, you know, with the opening, you know, it's it bleeds perfectly. You know. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Spielberg originally planned to direct an update of Twilight Zone episode, season one's The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street from 1960, about neighborhood paranoia that's set off by a force of invading aliens, which he canceled after the fatal accident that occurred during the timeout segment. He decided to switch to something with a lighter mood, with less special effects, and didn't involve nighttime filming with children to minimize any more issues. Kick the Can ended up becoming The Chosen Story. I'm telling you what. Have you guys ever seen the original? Um, the Monsters Are Due on Maple Street? Yeah. I have. It's been a while. That one kicks ass. It is yeah. super good. Did you um, see the remake they did in 2000? Nope. nope. It's not bad. It's nah. probably the best of that series. To be honest, I've never really got into the newer shit. I was, yeah, I was a classic guy. You know? yeah. I love the classics. Uh, that that episode's just so good because it blew me away at the end, you know, when it's all an experiment. I'm like, jeez, man, it makes you think, you know. You're like, well, are we an experiment, you know? Uh, just, are we are we in an experiment right, right now? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, pretty crazy. But that's a that is a very good classic. Twilight Zone episode. Did you know there was another story that was considered by Steven Spielberg for this, and it was over a bully who had the tables turned on him during Halloween night, but problems with the story ensued, and I didn't really get any details on that, and it was eventually scrapped. You had me at Halloween, I'm in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Kid getting bullied on Halloween? Ooh, Love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, tell on. me more, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language. So did you know there was also a novelization of this? I did not. I have seen a copy of it, really? but I did not buy it. Um, yeah, it just expensive. No, it wasn't that. Just one for sale. It was uh, no, it was a little beat up. The copy was, and I didn't. That you know, the outer didn't impress you much. Yeah, but I've okay. seen a copy of it. Yeah. All right, so you've seen a copy. You didn't know there was no, one. No, I didn't know Do you remember who wrote it? No, I didn't look. No. Same guy wrote Psycho, Robert Block. Really? Yes. <laughs> And uh, the order of the segments, they don't match the order that it does in the movie. Because when he was given the original screenplay to work with, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet was the second segment, Kick the Can was the fourth, but the movie's prologue and the epilogue are missing in the novelization. And no one told him that the, the anthology had a wraparound sequence, and he said that in the six weeks that he was given to write the book, he only saw a screening of two of the segments. And he had to change the ending of the first segment, Time Out, after the helicopter it. accident. Right. And as it was originally written, the first segment would have ended as it did in the original screenplay with uh, Connor uh, finding redemption by saving the two Vietnamese children. Right. And uh, But the book actually reflects how the segment ends in the movie. Huh. Okay. That's crazy. Yep. I don't like it when Six they don't weeks. give. I don't like it when they don't give information to the writers of books. You know. Yeah. Did you investigate the book very much? I did not. Okay. I did not. I'm just curious. Oh, shit. 
There's a raccoon in the trash can. Now I'm getting scared, guys. Uh-oh. Seriously. Oh, it happens all the time, man. Well, the raccoons get into the buns and everything if you leave them out at night. Can't we just get rid of them or something? You know? Like, like, like I'm just set saying. up a trap or something and I'm just saying I had to eat my hot dog without a bun tonight because you guys left the fucking buns on the picnic table. I didn't leave them out. <laughs> I mean the primitive wooden stand. It wasn't a picnic table. <laughs> primitive wooden stand. It's a good life and nightmare at 20,000 feet were parodied in two Treehouse of Horror Halloween specials by The Simpsons with Bart being the main character in both. Nancy Cartwright is the voice of Bart Simpson and she was Ethel, Anthony's sister, in the It's a Good Life segment who was banished to Cartoon Land by her brother. Mm -hmm. Bit of irony. Yeah. Pretty cool. That fits. Yeah. That's all, Ethel. <laughs> Favorite line from that segment. Is that it? That, 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 that's all, Ethel. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it is. So, did you guys know where Steven Spielberg made his directorial debut? Duel? No. No. It wasn't it. Well, no. No, nothing. What is it? He directed the pilot episode of Night Gallery. From right on. Okay. I thought you were in a movie. Right on. Okay. Yep. He was only 21 at the time. It was his first professional job, yeah. and he directed legendary actress Joan Crawford. Huh. Nice. That's how the way it started out. Pretty cool. Now a few words from our sponsor. Do you like pro wrestling? Yeah. Are you tired of the same old recap podcast? Uh, duh. Do wrestling fans confuse you? More than you will ever know. Well, you're in luck. Join me, Mike J. And me, Mike S. Every Saturday for the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we break down the ups and downs of main roster WWE and try to explain online fan outrage. And of course, we have the Wednesday Night War between NXT and AEW covered from our unique viewpoints. That's the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. Still breaking hearts and breaking kayfabe. Uh, I guess that is what we say. It is. Okay, so we open up with some good tunes and good friends just cruising down the open highway until something scary happens. So Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks are discussing the Twilight Zone to open up the segment while driving. Aykroyd mentions an episode of the series about a man who acquires a stopwatch that has the power to stop time. Brooks says that the episode that he's talking about is from the series from The Outer Limits. Aykroyd insists that it's an episode of the Twilight Zone. Do you guys know who's right on this one? Aykroyd. Aykroyd, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Albert, know the episode? Albert Brooks don't know shit. No, I, I don't. What is it? it? But I remember the... Okay, what's the name of it? I said I don't remember the name oh, of it. Oh, you don't? I thought, okay. I said I don't remember the name of it, but I've never seen it. It was season five's A Kind of Stopwatch from nice. 1963. Okay. Right on. Yeah, there's some of these that are like my favorite episodes of the classic Twilight Zone, but I couldn't tell you the name of the episode. I can just describe it to you <laughs> from right. what I remember. Well, the funny thing is the... The episode you were talking about, Ketchum, uh, last uh, review about the Hitchhiker. Yes, yes. It's actually called Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker? Yeah. Right on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a great episode, dude. Yeah. It is. There's so many episodes oh, yeah, that, could, that they could have redone. 
the Burgess Meredith one, the you know, time enough to last. There's, there's yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah, the one where he's he's in like fucking he's in like three episodes. Yeah, but that one with yeah. the, where he breaks his glasses yeah. and can't read all there the books. Time. But he there has all time. time for now. He finally found a stash of books. Yeah, uh, that's that one, one of my favorites. That one breaks my heart a little bit, man. It's oh, sad. damn. He didn't deserve it. Nah. You know, I get a kick where they're singing along. The old theme songs in the car ride. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. That's don't you totally guys ever us. play that with your family and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's dude. totally us on a road trip. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. but we don't really do like music themes. We just kind of, oh, do you remember this movie? Blah blah blah. And we're, we're driving in down the road and stuff, um, and we're listening to the radio. If a certain song will come on, I'll be like, "What movie?" You know. Ah. That way. I don't oh, know. Okay, that's cool. Hell yeah. What do you What do you remember this from? Right. Yeah. We used to trivia Ashton on wrestling theme songs because he knew them all pretty damn good. Hell yeah. And cool. uh, we'd be going down the road and just switching through the theme, theme songs. He'd guess them within a couple seconds. Hell nice. yeah. But I, I don't think I can ever hear Credence's Midnight Special all oh, without can. the. I mean, it's, it's totally tied to yeah. this segment yeah. forever and always, no matter what. Yep, every time I hear it. That's exactly what I think. Yep, yep, absolutely. This always kind of puts me in the mood of the uh, Point Pleasant Mothman thing, too. Driving down a you know dark road at night, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, it gives me I those feels. You. I hear you. So I you know have that little local attachment to it. So Dan Aykroyd's character, I don't even think he has a name. I think he's just what passenger and then ambulance driver. Some, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, that, yeah. Very nondescript but like okay with this opening scene and with the scene where he is Judge Walkenheiser in Nothing But Trouble where he's taken off his nose yeah fuck you Dan Aykroyd okay <laughs> this scene messed me up alright I knew him as Ray Stance Saturday Night yeah. Live yeah. Roman Craig he was fucking Beldar why Dan Aykroyd <laughs> why Beldar and what the fuck were you dude he's a he's like a zombie Kind of like a, I mean, it was like a cheetah, like kind no. of a cat sound attack. Yeah, yeah, I guess like the attack was yeah mixed between zombie and werewolf. Almost. It was weird. What the fuck was he? A ghoul. A ghoul. Yeah. Ghoul. yeah. Just there you go. Okay. A wraith. A specter. A wraith. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Nah, sure. I don't know. I was just naming other words for. Just scary as fuck. That's what he was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, what's your guys' takeaway on them? I mean, there's mine. I mean... It messed me up as a kid. I had nightmares about it. I didn't see it coming. It's one of those big twists, nope. you know. And you should have expected something. You I know, mean... Twilight Zone, okay. you know. Where's this rank in your jump scares all time? Oh, well, when I first watched it, I was like... Probably like seven best years one. old, you know. And <laughs> this is the best one ever. I was ever. like, oh my God, you know. I mean, it jumped... I, Mom, she was laughing her ass off, you know. Because right. she was waiting for it. You know those moments when you're a parent and you're yeah. showing your child a scene, a right. very specific scene. Yes. And you want to see their reaction. You know, yeah. I think of this scene. I think of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, you know, the where Vader's revealing he's the father of Luke. Um, you know, things like that, you know. Yeah. Right. I want to see that reaction. I may not have seen this till I was like a young teenager. So, oh really? Yeah, oh, I might have been, you know, twelve or fourteen. I, I was a young viewer on this, one. and I was a little bit, you know, hardened by then. So right, yeah. Okay. I, I remember it affecting me. Okay. Whenever I watched this, though, it was on, 
I watched it for like a month straight, you know, yeah. Yeah. every day. It was too good. I think my first reaction of Dan Aykroyd was being like, hell yeah, we're in for a <laughs> ride, you know, here we yep. go. Yep. So, guys, have you ever played chicken while driving? Not for very long, because I'm too chicken to play chicken. Ask your cousin about a oh. trip from Frank, from Franklin. Um, he'll confirm Okay. that uh, I kind of went head on with a, some other traffic, and I was trying to pass somebody, but I... You know, I had to floor it. Passing some, someone. I was passing with somebody your with lights off. No, not with my lights off. Oh, nothing like that. Oh, okay. No, just just playing like chicken. You oh, know, okay. I know, understand. With a car what coming at you, at least okay. that much. Now, as far as turning your lights off, because that that's not really playing chicken or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, there's yeah. certain elements. There's certain things you can do in the car that it's scary as shit. You know, playing chicken's one of them. Turn your lights out yeah, on a absolutely. dark, deserted highway is yeah. another. You know, um, yeah. driving with no hands. You know, and right. You know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, have you ever turned your lights off while you're driving? Though? No, I have. Dark? Not very long. Like I said, not very long. Right. I, it's, have you? I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, just for a minute. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah, seeing totally this movie, spot after seeing this movie, though, you're like. Eh. Yeah. I gotta go experience it. Yeah. Once, you know. Sure. I mean, like a dickhead, I've driven out of the Walmart parking lot at night, or out of the you know store sure. parking lot in the dark, and didn't realize my headlights weren't on, and drove for a couple minutes, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, but there's something different about being on a you know desert highway. Oh yeah, you know, it's totally. It, or in the back, in the woods, you right. know. And on the hauler, you gotta make sure there's oh, yeah. nobody coming before you attempt to do something like that. What do you guys think about Burgess Meredith doing the narration? Instead of, you know, obviously, Rod Serling had died by now. I think it, it, there's nobody else I would want, sure. you know, to do it, to be honest. I, I love it. If Rod Serling's out, you know, I'm... Burgess has Burgess a great Meredith. voice. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's a, it's, I was going to say, he has a welcome voice. It's distinct, yeah. you know, it's him. And yeah, he's tie Twilight to Zone royalty. Yeah. Right, so, absolutely. Like I said, nobody yeah, else I, I like it. It's it's a nice... It's nicely done. Beautiful nod. Him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well... When we get the title sequence, do you know or did you see that you could actually see Rod Serling in the uh, reflection of the eye? Yeah, did eventually. You? Not like the first few times I okay. ever watched it, but I eventually caught it. Okay. Know. Is it silhouette or is it actual photograph? I actually didn't catch it. This was something I, I okay. caught post-watch, and I'm actually glad that one of us have caught yeah. it because I, I never did. Okay. So. I haven't looked for it, but I now will. Yep, me too, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. With our first segment tonight, we give you Time Out. A down-on-his-luck man uses racism and bigotry to vent his hatred and gets a little taste of his own medicine. So this is the only original segment in the film. Yeah. The rest of the segments are remakes of episodes from the original Twilight Zone series. Mm. However, it is loosely based on one of the classic episodes, 1961's a Quality of Mercy, about a racist army soldier switching sides and races during World War II from Season 3. So still, homage, here's a callback. Right. Just loosely based. To be honest, I mean, I wish that since they were just going ahead and redoing three of them, you know, they might as well hit up another one, you know. Yeah, but this is John Landis. He's right. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, find that he, out. Likes to, he likes to do things his own way. <laughs> 
No, I mean, the story I'm not is... a John Landis fan. You're not? No. Why? Is it because this, of this? This is, is pretty... It because of the accident? This is pretty unforgivable. It's Are honestly, you? it's the fact that he refuses to acknowledge and accept responsibility for what happened. When it's clear there was testimony from numerous people that were there, that, I mean, he instigated it. Yeah, this is an uncomfortable watch. It's weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm very conflicted yeah. with this watch, just, you know, because of what the subject is. Sure. But then knowing what happened in real life... So Vic Morrow in this, Bill Connor, you guys take on him. He makes it super easy to hate his character. I mean... Well, that's what Vic Morrow does with most of his characters. I mean, anything I've ever seen him in, at least. Okay. Know? I'm not He's super familiar in, with him. This is always been an what unlikable guy, you know? Yeah. He plays an asshole. Okay. And, man, he really pushes it, you know, on this one. Um, yeah. Now, I know he's really not like that. You know, sure, or he, absolutely. You know, he wasn't like that, so... He had a niche, the way he I, was good at The it. way I see it, you know, it's kind of like uh, DiCaprio, you know, in Django. You know, he, he, he's got to say some shit, you know, to, to get right. the role done. You yeah, know? didn't it Samuel... It doesn't necessarily mean you, you are and believe in that shit. Right. Know? Didn't um, Samuel Jackson, like, say, like, basically kind of give him a pep talk? Be, yeah. Like, yeah, dude, yeah, like, yeah. just say it. Yeah. Just do it. I mean, like, but, yeah. So, I mean, that kind of segues into our next little topic here about, you know, the early 80s PG rating system, which is pretty <laughs> pretty loose, as we know. Right. And, I mean, is Steven Spielberg the king of directing PG movies that are no way PG? Uh, he was back in the day. I mean, seriously. Get away with that Jaws. shit. You could never do that shit anymore, dude. This. You can't. It doesn't matter if he did it, you know? Yeah. If he tried to make a movie like that in today's standards, he's not going to get it. He's right. not going to get a PG. I mean, this has to be the most times, I swear, that you hear the N-word in a PG movie, right? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's it's pretty well celebrated in there at the bar scene whenever uh, old Stephen Williams yeah. confronts him, which was a nice little cool cameo. Yeah. What's Blazing Saddles rated? PG-13? I think it's R. Is it R? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. It should be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It should yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> but just because there's a fart scene, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Oh. <laughs> uh, so there was mention uh, made of Lieutenant Niedemeyer. Yes. Getting fragged, which is being murdered yeah. by his own troops. Obviously, Animal House, House fans. Yeah. This was the same fate given to the Niedermeyer character played by Mark Metcalf. And uh, obviously that was directed by he John deserved Landis. deserved it Yeah, Niedermeyer <laughs> was like one of the like one of the greatest like douchebags of all time. Slobs versus snobs douchebags of all time. And when he makes uh, Flounder clean up the, the, the shed mm-hmm. like, yeah, with the horse and everything. Right. He's such a dick, dude. <laughs> And then, of course, the Twisted Sister videos. I mean, that's yes, just great. right. It's awesome. So John Larroquette, he allegedly had requested to watch the filming of what would end up being the hel- helicopter scene. But his car was stolen the night before, and he wasn't able to get to the set. Pretty crazy turn of events there, you know. As Vic Morrow was waiting to film what would turn out to be the scene that killed him, he said to a production assistant, I must be out of my mind to be doing this. I should have asked for a stunt double. What can they do but kill me, right? 
While he was filming Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry from 1974, he insisted on having a $1 million life insurance policy before he would shoot any scenes involving the helicopter in which he was due to ride. He was very insistent, and when asked why, Morrow replied, I've always had a premonition that I was going to die in a helicopter crash. That's fucking eerie. That is eerie as hell, man. Both, I mean, like, twofold. Just... <sighs> yeah. It's crazy. It's an, unfor- it's an unfortunate incident, you know. Just... Yeah. So Spielberg, he was so disgusted with how John Landis handled the accident that he publicly ended their friendship over it. Uh, Landis admitted the wrongdoing and the illegal hiring of the two children, who, by the way, whose parents were being paid under the table to bypass the child labor laws in California that prevented children from working at night and in the proximity of explosives. They were on set. They didn't know that there was going to be a helicopter used or explosives being used, that there would only be noise, and that they had been asked by a producer to not let any firefighters know that were on set that there were going to be children present during the scene. But Landis has never publicly accepted responsibility for the accident itself. Sleazy, man. Just a shitty situation, man. Like I said, it's just... It is. It's unfortunate. I hate talking about it, to be honest, but it's just, it is one of those things. Just bad taboo, bad stigma. It does make it hard to watch this segment, though, because it's... It does, and the segment is, you know, it touches on things that... Yeah. Right. A lot of Puts racism. Puts in a bad light. Right, a lot of racism in it, you know. Just yeah. the, it's, it's the black cloud of this sure. movie. The only thing I find comforting... Is uh, Creighton Duke. That was a cool cameo. I like that. Who was it? Dana Halloran. Who was uh, he? Was in the thing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in as well. Yeah, that's cool. I like him. He was also in uh, what was it? Uh, TV show Hunter with Fred Dwyer. Oh, I've never seen that one. Mm. No, I love that. That was one we watched a lot growing up. Hmm. The Spielberg stated that all involved were sick to the center of their souls, and that the whole event made me grow up a little more. This eventually ended the new Hollywood era, where directors had almost complete and total control over filming. He stated, no movie is worth dying for. I think people are standing up much more now than ever before, to producer and directors who ask too much. If something isn't safe, it's the right and responsibility of every actor or crew member to yell cut. Yeah. And, yeah, if I don't feel comfortable doing it, I'm not doing it. There's no fucking way. I don't know the exact numbers, but I do know like shortly after this after this happened, uh, for the next few years in Hollywood, like the uh, oh they were cracking down hardcore. They, oh yeah, big time, and you know the numbers, you know they went down. There, were, I, I guess there was like six deaths still, but the numbers had declined. Right. So yeah, something had to change. Agreed. So I got a pretty whacked out. Did you know nugget here? So, Boris Segal was a prolific television director. He helmed uh, Twilight Zone Season 3, Episode 2, The Arrival, where an FAA man comes to believe that a mysterious passenger plane has landed unmanned in an airport. That is a great episode. And it's imaginary. It's so good. I'm glad you actually know this. I know this one. And so then, to prove this, the man actually walks into the uh, running propeller of the plane, which disappears. In 1981, Seagal was directing the television movie World War III in 1982, and after filming some aerial shots, the helicopter, which he was riding in, landed in the parking lot of the Timberline Hotel in Oregon. Really? Yes. So, 
where The Shining was filmed. Right. Right? That's crazy. There's more. Upon exiting, Seagal turned the wrong way and walked into the tail rotor of the chopper, and he died in Portland shortly after surgery. Jesus. Seagal had also uh, directed the pilot episode of Combat, which uh, Vic Morrow, uh, you know, obviously, right, he perish. died by helicopter. And uh, both Seagal and Morrow had daughters that were very successful in uh, in Hollywood, and Seagal's daughters were identical twins, Liz and Jean Seagal. They were the Doublemint twins, and Katie Seagal from Married with Children. Yep. Hmm. And Sons and, of Anarchy. Yep. And Morrow's daughter is Jennifer Jason Lee. Really? I did yep. not know that, that was her dad. Yep. Fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, right on. That's a nugget. That is a nugget. Campfire nuggets. Campfire nuggets. <laughs> Best kind. And nuggets. In Sunnyvale Rest Home, the elderly inhabitants learn that if they can keep their minds young, they might just be able to dig back some of that courage they had in their youth. In a little game of kick the cane. So on a happier note, you know, it bleeds into a good happy setting and you need it after that first yeah. opening segment, you know. It looks Dude, it's kinda it. happy. Hey. Sure. Let's play some kick the can. <laughs> Old scat, man. Oh yeah. Love them for this role, man. Another oh, yeah. shining reference. Yes. This may be my favorite role we've played ever. Really? Yeah. I hear you, man. I hear you on that. So, have you guys obviously seen this when you were a kid and as an adult? Does that reflection change with age? You know, I would have to say yes, because when I was growing up and I'm watching this movie, this was probably my least this favorite This was the shitter, wasn't it? You know? Yeah. But really? now, it's... it's you know, it, it, it got the bump Does up, man. Touch a tear duck? Huh? Does it touch a tear duck? Kind of, yeah. It touches both yeah. of them. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. No, it absolutely, I'm, I'm with you, Lord. It, it has changed. And as a kid, this was the one that was kind of like, all right, let's get to the next one. <laughs> right, know? right. Where's the action? That. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yes. I think I found it charming as a kid. I, I liked it. And it gave me, you know, the happy feels about it's okay to get older as long as you stay young at heart, you know, young at mind. I used to make fun of it a lot when I was a kid, you know, like, Haley's coming, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the shooting for this, it was extremely rushed. I think Spielberg shot it in like six days, which was unheard of. Right, well. John Williams didn't even score it, um, but it was all due to the, you know, tragedy what happened with the timeout segment. The heart of this story exists wholeheartedly for me. It tugs hard and my heartstrings as I get older I just I absolutely love the spirit of this segment and I'll tell you right now if I were to fantasy book my dream rest home family you two mofos would be there <laughs> all right? I'd be causing all kinds of problems and shit yeah. you know I'd be that guy that's doing shit that he's not supposed to be doing <laughs> I'll cover for you we'd be like alright I'm gonna have to get talk to catch him again <laughs> the lord doesn't divide Fuck that, I'm 80. <laughs> if I want to shit there, I'll shit there. It's your own wall. Poop. It's your own wall, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Mind you'd your, have a little more pride in yourself. Mind your business. <laughs> nah. 
<laughs> so the sad state of a one Leo Conroy. I mean, I'll tell you. I mean, he. I have that never happens to me. You know. I'll tell you because of my nature, I've always been scared that I'll end up like Leo. To be honest with you, and I, and I still am today, because I mean, nobody wants to be alone and forgotten. You know, cast aside. I mean, that's yeah, but your Jesus, kids that's won't terrifying. Do that. Your that's, kids won't do that. Well, no, and I'm not. But still, it's just. It's that thing, Just you know. The thought of it, you know. Maybe a slightly irrational fear, however, but still, it's it's there. I'm telling you, if that shit happened to me, I'd probably act the exact same way he does, you know. I'd be stubborn and... Bitter. Just fucking, yeah, bitter. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you don't know how good you got it. You try to put your mind in someone else's shoes. Right. Think, man, yeah. Yeah. Don't you have something about a comparison to... Jeff Dunham. Oh, dude. <laughs> Walter. He looks oh so God. much like Walter. I mean, if you see the faces and the sweater he's uh, wearing, he is just absolutely... You're not wrong. Man, Walter, you know, I don't think I can two. ever watch this movie again I never thought without of that. thinking of that. But dude, I, that's, no that's spot way. on, man. Yeah, he's, he's Walter. And Walter is him. <laughs> Walter's wow. a little more extreme. Yeah, but I do I do wonder if Walter is not derived from this directly. Oh, my God. Man, that's a, it's that'd be a close. great question to ask, Jeff yeah. Dunn. Huh? Because that is pretty... Yeah, good call, man. Explains why he's bitter now. Walter. There you go. <laughs> so, guys, we get Scatman Crothers as the great Mr. Bloom. Yep. Um, beautiful role. Um, it, I seems like it was written for the guy, you know? Um, it does seem custom-made. Ah, Jesus. Dude, he, he really knows how to tug the heartstrings, you know, on this yeah. one. And, and, you know, he's just, he's got so much happiness coming from him. You know, not with just, you know, he obviously has a very big smile and everything. Right. Um, but, he's very forgiving. But he can be very um, serious at the moment, you know? Yeah. And just, and uplift you, you know, at any moment. And, it's it's a beautiful thing, you know, what he did with this role. I agree. I, Mr. Bloom is just, he's awesome. I mean, he's hes an endearing character. Uh, he, he just wants to make somebody else's day better, you know? I mean, what what's not to love about Mr. Bloom, seriously? He's a magic man in this. Yeah, he is. You know, he doesn't stay at a place too long, you know? He's, a, he's meant to go around and... He's a pay-it-forward type yeah. of guy. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you guys had the chance to be young again, would you do it? Mm. It depends. Is if, it if permanent? Let's, let's hypothesize that you're in that state that he's in, obviously. Okay. It's a, at that point, uh, probably an easy choice. So I'm projecting. So, I mean... I okay, so would you be young again in present day? Or would it, like... Well, I don't is think it you like get time choice. Travel? It's just like it's, the movie. You're going to... You're gonna start right now. I would say no. I I don't think I could do it. Being present day to be young, I would say no also. Because I don't think. Well, okay. Is this permanent or is this just temporary for like? No, a it'd be long? a permanent thing. Permanent? Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Hard no. I'm out. I'm out. Be bad deal. Living the next future. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, think, it's not just because of, you know, current state. I think it's because, you know, of my my family wouldn't be there, you know? Right. Like, yeah, it, it'd, be, it'd be hard, you know? And, and it, to be honest, you know, 
my kids would probably still be alive, hopefully, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't want to be younger than them and have to see them die, you yeah, know? Like I, I couldn't do that. Yeah, know? that There's kind of no goes back to the way. Highlander discussion, yeah. you know? Right. I, I, nobody wants to live forever, man. Seriously, I mean, if you think about it, I don't know. I mean, unless you're just a total loner and you just you fully adapt and that lifestyle and that mentality. I but don't for the evening, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for a night, fuck I will yeah. be a kid all for, in. A for a night. All in. Yes. We're all scared to death. There's if, no denying that. I don't think anybody that says they aren't is fucking telling the truth. I mean, sure. the unknown of it, you know, when, how, yeah. why, you know. Sure. Those things scare us. And it's I that think unknown. That being a choice, it'd be hard to deny. Now, if I was like but, Mr. E.G., yeah. you know, didn't have family or you know if his family were already now like my family were already dead or something like that yeah circumstances could change possibly you know at that point why why not you know but not if any family members were living still there's no fucking way definitely a curse to it yeah yeah my current life no way I'm out right for a night yes lifetime no yeah yeah alright okay so 62's version versus 83's. Who you got? Which 83. Is 83? Which not you got, Kane? Not even close. Yeah, it's 83. Yeah. Not consensus. even close. Boys. Not even close. <laughs> Scatman Crothers is money in this role. I love Mr. Bloom. I love... I love like everybody I said, about the in this role, man. Yeah. I mean, but as a kid, I, I didn't care for it. I, I recognize that the story and the message was good, but I wanted... I wanted something more right. at that time, you know? Right. Even though I knew it was going to scare the shit out of me. But as an adult, man, I'll be honest I with you. I think about it like I'm like, wow, what, what would be if I could go back and be a kid again, you know, for just one night? It'd be fucking awesome, dude. It'd be it great. It would be cool. You know? I agree. Just one night. I would definitely take that chance. For sure. But yeah, as an adult. That's a gift, you know? The, this story, it, it means more. It, has, it, it hits harder. Kids, they'll become monsters if you let them. <laughs> Truth be told, they actually crave discipline. Anthony is proof positive of that until a stranger literally crashes into his life. This is It's a Good Life. We kind of get some uh, gratuitous Easter eggs in this segment. Yeah, we do. What you, you remember, got? You remember a beautiful little town in 1888 from the first season? Of the original Twilight Zone, it's called a stop at Willoughby. Yep. Okay. That was one of that was Rob Serling's favorite of the series. Really? Yeah. Okay. And he had a personal favorite. That's cool. Yeah. That's a cool little story. I mean, he goes back in time, you know, mm-hmm. into the old west, and he's happy there because I don't know he wasn't happy with his life and was riding the train and stuffed at Willoughby's and decided to stay. Pulled a Doc Brown, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Right on. So there was also another season one reference, which was Homewood, one of the towns that were mentioned. And that was from Walking Distance from 1959. Mm. And Walter Paisley, Dick Miller, or as we like to affectionately call him around here, Scruffy Face. Scruffy Face. He makes reference to Cliffordville, which is a reference to season four's of late, I think, of Cliffordville from 1963. Okay. I, know, I remember that So one. there are a lot of Easter eggs crammed in. Yeah, right on. And uh, K 
Kathleen Quinlan's character's name of Helen Foley, that's not the name of the original character in this segment, but that was actually the name of Rod Serling's favorite teacher, or one of his favorite teachers, growing up as a kid, and uh, huh. it was the name of the character from season one's Nightmare as a Child from 1960. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Anthony apparently likes peanut butter on his hamburgers, which is just revolting. Dude, you're wrong. Oh, yeah? You need to eat a peanut butter and jelly hamburger. Are you fucking kidding is me? Is that a thing? Fucking lutely. Put some onions and just a little squirt of sriracha sauce with it. Oh, what? It just, it's just oh getting worse as you're explaining cheese. it. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Cheese? Oh, my yep. God, brother. Wow. Slap a cheese in between a couple burgers. Stack that shit with peanut butter and jelly and onions. Little You're serious. Boom. Well, you kind of, hey. you answer my question. Don't knock it till you try it, brother. I'm not lying to you. There's some bacon on there, too. Well, yeah, bacon makes anything better. Yeah, I, like I, mean, I won't argue that point. Yeah, stick some bacon in between your buns. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I like it out putting bacon bits in, in the meat and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. A, that's really yep. good that way. Oh, yeah. All right, so, uh, I mean, yeah, King, you clearly answered my question already. Yeah, that's a thing. So, uh, Lord, what's your favorite out-of-the-ordinary topping condiment that you like? I don't have one. I yeah, don't I have a – I am I am fucking plain Jane. You I eat ketchup. ketchup. That's it. That's all I like. No Straight mustard, up. no mayo, so, no that fucking relish. That is a true relish. fucking story. I eat ketchup. Yep. Mm-hmm. Reason I, why I'm fat Because I'm you. fucking six years old. <laughs> <laughs> No cheese. No, no cheese. cheese. I hate cheese. Yeah. I don't want a burger. Or, you know, hot dog or any of that shit. I don't like it. Yeah. So. Incredible. Yeah. I'm diverse. I'm a goddamn I'm marvel of science. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken me years to get diverse, but I'm, I'm more diverse than I ever used to be. I am too. My, I don't know, I feel like my flavor profile has expanded a little bit. But for me, I think uh, I have a toss-up between two. I like avocado. Sliced avocado on a burger. It's good. And I also like taking a uh, fresh portobello mushroom cap. Jesus Christ. I love mushrooms. That's mm. And <laughs> with some Swiss cheese. Mm. I like that. Mm. Those are my unconventional... Uh, You're frying them in butter? Yeah, I mean, you saute yeah. a little bit. Sure. Yeah, 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 Soften yeah. it up, yeah, because okay. it'll just... Okay. A, a, a raw mushroom is very spongy and sure, it breaks apart. Sure, you just eat that. Yeah. That I, I have. That's I like mushrooms. Yeah, right. I, like I, said, I like mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, that shit sounds good at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Don't lie to me. When you saw this segment as a kid, you wanted to have Anthony's powers and abilities, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I was a good kid. Are you fucking kidding me? You wouldn't kid. want the power to have I don't wishes? Th- I don't think I would have sure. went his route. Yeah, I wouldn't have abused You don't like know that. I you don't know that. I would have so. abused it in other ways, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. but I would have used way. it for financial gain. And eh, yeah. You know, well, as a kid, I mean, I'd have like Ice everything cream. awesome. You know, yeah. my room would be pimped out. Yeah. I would have all the movies, all the video games. Oh, yeah. Watching TV constantly. Yeah. yeah. I would get tired of the same thing over and over again. So I don't think I'd been mean like that. But I don't know. I don't know. It all depends on how your parents, you know, reacted to the abilities themselves. 
I mean, if they were for it, then yeah, he probably wouldn't have had a... If you're a spoiled little shit, though, you're just going to be a spoiled well, little shit. Yeah. Right. But yeah. if your parents don't, like, have, like, any kind of support for it, you know, and they're scared of you because of it... Sure. Then, you know, you probably wouldn't turn out the best, you know? Yeah. So you don't want to pull a switch off the yeah. tree for your child. Right. Kathleen, Kathleen Quinlan, you turn know... Turn you into a monster. She, you know, she did a really good job with this role, you know, and you know, as a mentor and teacher. Yeah, she kind of stood up to him in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, would you guys use these powers for good or bad if you had them? Well, this is, this is. I mean, if you're a kid, if you're a kid, I, I mean, I. Mostly good, but there would be some, you know, self benefit. Yes, absolutely, clearly. Oh yeah. It's about the same. I wouldn't wish, like, death or anything, like, no. awful or horrific. Would you wish him inside of a television set to get eaten? <laughs> Would you wish him to the cornfield? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I doubt it. Right on. If somebody right. bullied me at school, I mean, maybe, you know, we'd yeah. turn into Yeah, bet your ass. See, there yeah. are certain situations. Yeah. Yes, that would have happened. Sorry. You're gone, buddy. No, I think... I, think I am more powerful page, yeah. than you are. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> Odd way. Hey man, I'm a button up to the top of the fucking yeah, collar, you know, man, kind of guy. Don't the Lord. So, uh, He's got special powers. <laughs> top button. <laughs> Represent. Top flight. What do you guys think of the special effects we get in this? I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's I quite mean, enjoyable. It, it, was, it, was, it was really cool. It was campy. But, you know, there were some, you know, pretty frightening imagery it hasn't any devil coming out of the TV. and It's kind of silly. That was but, silly, but, I mean, it was... It's kind of like, what are we doing right now? Right, Why mean, are you blowing, like, massive amounts of air? Like, it's so weird. You know, no, I'm talking about, the like, rabbit. the build-up, you know, when he's actually spinning and shit. You're like, what the fuck is yeah. going well, yeah, on? Of course, you know? yeah, yeah. Really and of course, the rabbit, you know? Right. It's just gruesome. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a scene that really stuck with me was the older sister, who was Sarah, and that was actually played by... Uh, uh, Sherry Curry, who was of the Runaways, and uh, she was the one that didn't have a mouth. That was eerie. That, well, that whole ear, that whole hallway scene. You're like, what the fuck? It's very Tim Burton-esque. You know? yeah, yeah, kind of. It was very creep show-esque too, with the lighting and the. Uh yeah, yeah. You're not wrong there. Yeah. But yeah, that, I tell you, dude, that I had nightmares about that. Seriously, haunted my dreams. Yeah. No, I like the special effects in this. Yeah, I have an appreciation. I have appreciation. Yeah, they were good. All right, guys. So, sixty-one versus eighty-three. Eighty-three all the way. I hear you. Without question, I am going to go with sixty-one. Are you? Because man, it's a fucking eerie. It's more believable. It's It's very believable. I do like it. I mean, he's just the kid does not play. I mean, he's dealing with drought and stuff. You know, I mean, he's messing people's incomes and lives and stuff. Now, I mean, I get it. Yeah, he made it worse. You're right. He causes Snowing. snow and shit, you know. <laughs> so, um, and you know, the dad's super pissed off. You know, like, what are you gonna do? What are you doing, Anthony? And then the He's mom's just like, "You've got down. to fucking calm down." You, you know, know that was Cloris Leachman, right? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's a fucking crazy dude. That's that is. I like the '61 version a little bit better. But I do. I, do I like love the this '83. You know, yeah. I mean, there's really no. It, it's yeah. It's like a fucking nine to an eight point seven. I mean, it's that close, you know. I, I think the eighty three is a parody of the original, really. It is in yeah. a way. I mean, it's yeah. Dante. You know what do you, you know? Right. 
But I'll tell you what, so here we go. Behind the scenes, did you know, nugget coming at you. The man in the diner who had the money on the game that was being played on TV. Yeah. That was Bill Mummy. That was the original Anthony from the... Uh, was it? Yes, from the uh, 61 right on. episode. You've been bad. You've been real bad. You're a bad man. Oh, my yeah. God, dude. That shit's eerie, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. No, it's I like it. It's got a much more like eerie it. feeling to it than the 83. To me, I'm yeah, no, I agree with you, but I think the nostalgia with this version, it just it sticks with me. I hear you. Okay. But no, I hear you. No, I do like that segment. I like it better than the uh, the original Kick the Can segment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, That's not even a question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Kick the Can segment. You can make an argument for the original. Back in the I think days, it's not that good. With this one, to be honest. I agree. A man suffering from aerophobia loses his mind on a plane where he sees something strange on the wing. This is Nightmare at 20,000 feet. So at one point, William Shatner was in consideration to reprise his role from the, the original segment from the uh, 60s. I'm glad he didn't, to be honest. A little glad. I am, but I would have liked to have seen it. Yeah, I, I'm interested, but yeah. I don't know. But he ended up having to turn it down because uh, scheduling conflicts with Star Trek II, Airplane Two, and T.J. Hooker. And uh, obviously, this led to John Lithgow being cast in the role. And years later, uh, Lithgow would star in the uh, TV series Third Rock from the Sun. Great show. Yeah, it was hilarious. As uh, alien Dick Solomon, and he was sent to Earth to observe humans. And their boss, who was the big giant head, he was never seen until Shatner guest starred in the role on an episode. And when he first appears... Solomon asked him how his trip was, and Shatner answers, It was a horrible flight. There was a man on the wing of the plane. And Solomon replies, The same thing happened to me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's great. Cool. That's that's how you do a fucking Easter egg. Hell yeah, dude. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, what do you think? I mean, would you like seeing Shatner King? Or no. You like no. Lithgow? No, I, I would I would want to ask you guys, do you think that uh, this is Lithgow's best... For acting performance, and I know it's hard to compare because no. everything else you compare it to is mostly comedy. But as no, far as no, no, it's not. Acting like, portrayal, well, like if you old, if you're watching like Dexter, yeah, when exactly. He was the Trinity, Trinity killer. killer, yeah, dude, dude, that was, that was fantastic. Dude, he yeah, won an Emmy that. for that shit. Fan, dude, that was fantastic. the best season of Dexter, man. Yes, it was. I agree, dude. That was, yeah, uh, Lithgow. He, he's <laughs> he's he's awesome. He Can killed I, it in this role, but I would have wanted Shatner to... He would have tried to portray it like he did back in the day, and you can't do it like that. This is a more amped-up version, and I don't think Shatner had it in him, especially at that age. Well, I mean, uh, he, I mean he, he, he still had been, it, but I mean, I, mean, it, I don't know. It would have been a little more he, campy, perhaps, but I think it would have fit the tone of this version of it from George Miller. Man. Lithgow just had like the it. look. Yeah. He had the. Oh no, intensity. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing yeah. because what we get is just. Mwah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely the best version of this story, I think, that was told. No, I agree with you, King. I, I, this is the, this yeah. is the best one of the three. I just recently got to the newest yeah. one, and uh, I, 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 I straight up told you, man, like I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like what fair. they did. Um, 
you know, it had some intrigue in the beginning, and, you know, I, I like the build-up, but it yeah. just, I, I, yeah. If I, I had to rank the three, it, it ranks in the bottom. Oh, yeah, this is, that, yeah, the but, new one's number three. Correct. Shatner's yeah. two, Lithgow's number one. But I think it's worth seeing. I think it's worth no, talking I agree. about because it is yes. a good narrative in a current situation. No, I do agree. I, I think the uh, the modernization of uh, of that segment was it was it was neat, but it it just it didn't it didn't have it for me. Right. But yeah, it's worth a watch. Absolutely, yeah. check it out. Where are you at? I mean, okay, so you, you haven't seen the newest one. Right? I have yet to see the newest. All one. right, so but I mean, this is this version is obviously better than the. Let's go better yeah. than Shatner. Okay. Um, but I appreciate what the first one did, even though the yes. gremlin was not yeah, bad. He was like a stuffed animal. Yeah, he <laughs> was like a furry. Yeah, from fucking The Shining or something. I don't know. Oh, with, a, yeah. with a pig snout. I'll I, tell you. I don't know. I'll be but honest. This this one's way better. I'll be honest with you. Uh, the one thing I kept focusing on when uh, watching the Shatner version is because it is in black and white, you know, and obviously, you know, the the shadowing of everything is more amplified. I I just see Michael Myers' mask every time, <laughs> straight. I up. hear you because it's right around. It's pretty close. A little bit before, but it's yeah. I, I see Michael Myers' mask all the time. Right second. It's almost distracting for me. <laughs> Have you, have you guys ever seen William Shatner's other um, Twilight Zone episode? I have. Uh, it's been a while. It's Obviously. Where he's at the diner, him and his girl, and um, there's like a fortune teller box thing at their yeah. table. It's like, a, I think it costs a penny or a dime or some shit like that. Um, but yeah. Do you get wishes? Or, huh? Do you get wishes or something? Not, not, not that. It's just a... Uh, it's like a, um, I don't know, man. You just have to watch the episode. It's I don't want to give it away. Okay. What the cards are telling him, but uh, I feel like I've seen it, but it's it's really it's not a, a bad memory. episode, dude. Yeah, it's really good. It's been a while to re rewatch that series, but I was in it. I was into it when I first found out about it. I have seen it. It's just the shit out of it, I just this is the one I like to. Well, you know, this this is a favorite. Yeah. You know. Lithgow had worked out certain scenes in this airplane seat in conjunction with the man-made lightning outside the airplane window. When they were filming, the crew member in charge of the lightning flashes would activate it too soon or too late, throwing off Lithgow's timing. Love it. Initially annoyed, Lithgow later came to appreciate the crew member's actions after viewing the film, clearly seeing that it added to his anxiety-ridden character's frightened appearance due to the lightning effect. Uh, it is beautiful, man. He's yeah. so fucking strung out, man. Yeah, I mean, he does. It shows. Yeah. Holy shit. Sleep deprived, motherfucker. Yeah. For real. Just anxiety through the roof. And I'll tell you, in comparison to the Shatner version, too, in Shatner's version, he's there with his wife, and she's like, you know, like yeah. passing out due to fucking sleeping pills. Whereas Lithgow's by himself, and I think yes. that's more effective, also. Well, and he clearly has a phobia of not just flying, you know, just things in general just anxiety yeah. in general right right yeah i agree because yes. i mean he even you know like cars you know would you know because he's busting out the statistics on yeah that death he's just vehicles. a neurotic yeah he's yeah. i'm surprised he's not almost like gorephobic you know just stay in your house and everything so but no he he portrayed it beautifully you know the 
anxiety of it all and everything. You know, yeah. He really hit the mark. Yeah, I mean, he is an amazing actor. I mean, and probably one of the most underrated actors of all time, especially yeah. in our time. And, uh, I mean, besides the Pet Cemetery remake, I mean, can you seriously name one bad performance from the man? Well, it certainly no, wasn't you can't, Adventures in Buckeye, Buckaroo Banzai, I tell you that much. <laughs> no, dude, I like that. Dr. Lizardo, <laughs> yeah. dude, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, seriously, besides Judd You're Crandall. You're directly taking a shit on Judd from the new Pet Cemetery. I don't, I don't really like it a lot. It should never have been made. It, it should not have. poorly done. I don't think I just the problem. The problem no. is you can't replace Fred fair. Gwynn. That's fair. Okay, all right. I didn't like him in, in all Footloose fairness. either. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't think you were supposed to. Right. <laughs> no, okay, but, fair enough, King. Yes, his, his portrayal was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't Fred Gwynn. And, sure. and I put so much value on that role. I love that. Yeah. I just, I, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. But, yeah, seriously, I mean, is there a bad movie? Well, I, no, he's been in bad movies, but yes. he's good in all of them. <laughs> Sure. You, know. you guys ever yeah. see Raising Cane? Yes, I like that movie. Good movie. That's man. a good De Palma yeah. flick. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So, are any gents afraid to fly? I'm not afraid to fly, but I'm not a fan. Yeah. It's so unnatural. Seriously. I guess. Yeah. But I don't mind it to be honest. Um, I'll do I it. Did at first when I first did it, but that for after that first flight, I was okay with it. When was your first flight? How old were you? Oh man, I was like 18 oh, years old. Oh, okay. What about you, King? How I've only you? flown in a little private bubblegum pack-sized airplane. Oh, so you've never done, like, an official, like, no. airliner? No. Oh, okay. No, never flown. You've never flown out of, like, a major airport, like no. Chicago, like O'Hara or something like that. Or even Columbus. Like no. Even Columbus, yeah. Okay. Pittsburgh. How old were you then? Oh, an adult. I was in my 30s. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was, like, like seven or eight my first flight. Okay. I mean, I was with my parents, but it was right. from Texas to... Uh, to Ohio, but uh, yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of it. I'll do it. I don't mind it now, but it's I don't know. It's I do get a little like uh, anxious. You know? Well, just yeah, anxious. Yeah. 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 So how many times have you guys pretended there was something on the wing um, during your flight or during well, your flights? So did you pretend any? To the party I was with, yes, and I get like a nothing <laughs> stare back because like. Janelle has no clue what I'm talking about. I'm like, what did you do? Like, look out the window. Like, you're like, there's, there's something, something there. on the wing. There's right. something on the wing, <laughs> which is that's not what Shatner does. Right. But, right. You know, so and so she just kind of looks at me like with a like confused look. Like, what are you doing right now? <sighs> yeah. I have never because I don't want to think like that. I don't want to think <laughs> about that shit, dude. When I'm flying, are you serious? Because then I will hate flying. You know, if that shit would ever happen, dude. Yeah, I don't think I could handle turbulence and shit. Like, well, I mean, a little turbulence is fine, but I'm like, it's I would unnerving. never fly in a storm. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, please give me I the have. next flight. It's give me, it's, please, it's give a me little next. unnerving. It's like, all right, I mean, I've flown in the rain. Yeah, but never like a storm, dude. There's no wind. fucking way. Wind is right. what I I ran into. Was your flight. weather nice? Yeah, yeah, it was a beautiful day. Okay, a little overcast. Could have been a little sunnier, but. Right on. We can see our shadow and the trees below and stuff. It was, it was neat. A, it was green. Did you have a strong headwind? Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're approaching the shadowy tip of our journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
you know how I'll catch them we talked about in the uh, Cloak and Dagger episode that uh, I thought this little girl yes from uh, Kick the Can yeah no uh, oh I thought she was, I thought she was the girl from Kick the Can no I said she wasn't you right. thought she did correct. and I was like nah yeah. it's not her and, but she uh, was in the Neo Nightmare I thought of this when I rewatched it though yeah she definitely is a little blonde girl oh yeah plane. yeah and if I'm not mistaken I'm pretty sure in that Cloak and Dagger episode Lord you were saying like that'll be five dollars yeah yeah it's four dollars is it four dollars it's four dollars right on <laughs> eh, whatever <laughs> Inflation. She would charge five dollars nowadays. Here's no. your stage to try again. But the impression was spot on. <laughs> you still got four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That'll cost you four bucks. Something like that. Yeah. She was a little brat. She yeah. was a brat. Uh, Just leave me alone, kid. I'm Where's your a mother? Oh yeah, she's all fucking drugged out and sleeping and shit. She's sedated nicely. Thank God, get control of your child, lady. Jesus. <laughs> Alright guys, so do you guys agree with Valentine's statement to the medics, you know, that he's practically a hero? I mean, yeah, but he definitely could have handled it maybe a little bit better, I think. I mean, but, dude, yes, it was out there. He, he was saved all these people. Yeah, that the gremlin thing, it was out there destroying that yeah. plane. This gremlin was cool. This one was way better. It was really herky-jerky and just, like, throwing stuff into the the turbine and, like, Well, I I think he ripped something out of the engine and, or, you know, whatever. Okay. And then I think he was taking it and hitting it. There, yeah. Crashing it back into the the engine and stuff, you know, and just causing big bursts and everything. No, I like it. Yeah, how he can just maneuver through the air like that and way better cut through. than the Shatner version, yeah. where he just kind of floats away. Well, yeah, that I'm talking about like like walking the plane, you know, walking the wing of the yes. plane to the window. Yeah, I, no, the mannerisms, I love it. It's, Which it's, is, it's so and it's it's he yeah, just breaks the gun and grabs Lithgow by the face and yeah, just gives him that wave, you know. Oh man, yeah, with the point with the finger, Jesus, that is creepy as shit. When I was a kid, that it messed with me. That gave me chills, dude. I was like, "Oh it did. my god!" But it did not mess with me as much, even though I as loved it. Dan Aykroyd, as Dan Aykroyd, right being on. the ambulance driver. Yeah. That's the icing on the cake. It is. It's a nice fucking cherry, man. Yep. It really is. Hey, who likes music? <laughs> <laughs> Let the midnight special. Man, Hell yeah. Good old Creed. Forever tied, man. And laugh out. He's like, I love this song. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Do you want to see something really scary? That's a great way to close it out, man. Perfect. Absolutely. That's why I'm very happy that they didn't go with the original um, idea. Me too, and because this ending is so effective. Right, right. The, it ties upon it, first it's, watch, it's just, it's right, just like... <gasps> It's oh a nice wraparound, dude. And you're you know? just like, you know, but Lithgow doesn't know. And oh, you're he's just like, fucked. God, I just feel bad for this poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> he's had a day, you know? And it's just getting ready to get a lot fucking worse. But yeah, great way to close it out. Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. I agree. And then you get Rod Serling closing yeah. out the episode. Yeah, from an old episode or whatever, right. you know, old archives. Voiceover. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Alright guys, well, we ready to go into our uh, yeah. wrap up and ratings? Absolutely. Who wants to take the reins on this one to go? I'll go first, 
All right. my fifth. I want to hear this one. I do. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying excited. to disappoint you. I'm excited. Nah, you won't. Yeah. Um, for me, this is a gateway to horror. Um, yes. A perfect introduction. Um, like I said, the timeout segment kind of watching it through modern eyes, it's it's way more uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah. I mean, things were just different when this was made, and it somehow accept that <laughs> for what it is. I like to consider this one of my earliest horror introductions, and I'm at a nine point five. Wow. Whoa. Boy. Holy shit. Coming really? in high. I love it. Wow. I'm not... It's a nostalgia I'm not rating. disagreeing I'm not with lie. you on that. I hear yeah. you, man. I get you. It's the nostalgia feels of it yeah. all, too. It does. I get you. Oh, yeah, man. Nine. Point, Point five. five. Oh, yeah. That's a ten on that the catch-em scale. That is, sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with you a smidge, bub, um, right. because of, like... The timeout episode, you know, segment. It's like I said. I wish they would have redone, rehashed old shit, dude. You know, it really, it, it was, it just, it didn't fit right. You know, with yeah. what they were trying to do. I don't know. It just, it sticks out like a sore thumb, especially nowadays. You know, I would right with modernized. I would have liked to ideally seen them retry the uh, Burgess Meredith time enough to last. In okay. Place of that. So yeah, let's go around. Let's well, let's see who, wh- which one you would want to redone in that spot of timeout. You yeah. would would do the oh yeah the Burgess Meredith one. I mean that's that's definitely on the short list. I mean, but I mean the the monsters are due on Maple Street. The that's original idea, one. I think yeah. that would have been pretty nice. Also, right on. Yeah. What about you, man? Um, there is an episode with Robert Redford, actually, um, oh. and an old lady. That is, this is the only two people. Um, she is near death. She has an apartment, and it, they're trying to get her evicted, you know, and buy the buy up the block and shit. And she she refuses to answer the door because she thinks that if she answers the door, death will show up and get her. Okay. Doesn't Redford die? Uh-huh. Doesn't Redford die? Well, what happens is, I if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, Redford gets Shit. shot. Oh, no, he's right. he's a police officer. And he gets shot and she does let him in. And she starts yeah, caring right. for him and bring him back to health. That's right. And it ends up it is death still coming to get her. He oh. was death. Yeah, it's a, a very good underrated episode. Yeah. I think it could have been a nice redone, me personally. So okay. I would vote for that. One. I cannot remember what it's called, but it's God. it's just an episode. Yeah, of like, I gotta look that one up. Ooh, it, it gives you tingles in it and yeah. shit. You know, it really does. It's a I great mean, episode. You need to check young. it out. It's dark too. lit. Little it's young Robert Redford. Yeah. Young okay. Robert Redford. Yeah, I'll look that one up, man. Cause it's a very good episode. Yeah, I mean, because the original series, it's streaming on, uh, it's on Netflix. They're in like a right. Charles so. Dickens looking shanty or something. Yeah, she's yeah. a, yeah. Oh, you recall so some of this. Yeah, I've okay. seen this one, yeah. I, I yeah. know, I've probably seen it, but I can't recall it. But. It's a very good episode. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Awesome. People are always trying to get in, you know, like, open up, lady, we're gonna, you know, we need to yeah. buy this shit or something like that. You know, I, it's something along the lines of, you know, you, 
or rent's due or some shit. You know, she's getting kicked out of okay. a place, but she will not answer the door because she's afraid of death. She thinks death will, is coming for her. Wow. And her assumptions are correct, you know, so. But anyway, so back to my rating. Um, this movie, you know, really hit me as a kid. I loved it when I first watched it. Like I said, I didn't appreciate the Kick the Can episode back then, but now I really do. I mean, yeah. it just, yeah, it's very nostalgic, you know. I'm like, damn, thinking about if I would be young yeah. again, that'd be sweet, you know. And the old knees would feel a lot better. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> the Andy episode is fantastic in itself, you know, for the time period that yeah. it's in. It really captures the 80s, that segment, but I do appreciate, I, I do like the 61 version better. It's just got a more eerie feeling to it. Nightmare, I'm giving the eerie feeling to the to the remake, you know, because it Lithgow kills it, the Gremlins 10 times, yeah. 20 times, 100 times better than the original. Yeah, yeah. Now, the original uh, Gremlin would have been scary back then, you know, like, ooh, you know, like... Creepy, yeah. yeah. Or like, oh, ah, what the hell is that? Hell? Oh my god, oh my god, something is on the plane, you know? <laughs> um, and it'd be funny, I'm sure there were kids that were actually scared of that when they oh, first absolutely. saw it, you know? Oh, absolutely, I agree. From the old, the old version. Well, yeah, I mean, um, 63, from, it's on TV. Right. So, yeah, I... But I give the nod, obviously, to the remake. This is a personal favorite of mine, um, anthology series-wise, and I'm a big fan of Twilight Zone series, and this movie never really gave the other shit a chance, though, to be honest. 80s, the 80s the 2000s, there's the new some shit. gems, man. I never really gave them a chance. Promise you. Know? you I, need to, I need to give something a chance, yeah. you know, on that shit. They're just not as consistent. Right. Right. I hear you. Um, guys, this is an 8.5. I love this movie. Okay. Um, I wish the taboo of timeout didn't exist. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Yeah, it is. It sucks. It's I a black I actually cloud. hate. I mean, I just it. I hate it to my soul. Yeah. Like, I wish they would just redone yep. a different episode. Again, fantasy booking for me is hindsight. Use something else. <laughs> right. So I realize I got to start out with a retraction going back to our creep show episode back on episode forty three. And during that review, I made the comment that Creepshow was my very first horror anthology movie. Well, that's a lie. You fucking liar. It's this movie. <laughs> you've been lying, lately. I know, man. Well, I'm... I'm Making up nuggets? I'm and... checking up on myself here. <laughs> just a little bit. But no, it's it's this movie. And, and I'll tell you, I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched this back in the day when I was a kid. And, and not so much now, but this rewatch, it was the first one in about, honestly, like 15, 20 years... And I'm really disappointed in myself for allowing that to happen. Because, I mean, before CCR was done playing, I was already just immediately reminded how much I missed this movie. And oh, yeah. it, it made this rewatch absolutely amazing. It really did. Well, that's um, the beauty about, you know, taking time off from a movie. Yeah. You know, you really appreciate it when you get back to it. But, uh, you know, it, I mean, it really was. It was like just meeting up with an old friend that you hadn't seen forever, and, you know, you just pick right up where you left off. And, uh, you know, honestly, I kind of, no pun intended, I kind of felt like a kid again, yeah. you know, because I, I just, it, I was all eager for the next part or the next segment, you know, just as I was as a kid. And I was really nervous about this not holding up. Right. Because it had been so long, but it held up. 
And I'll be honest with you, I, I think maybe even a little bit better than before. The prologue scared the shit out of me as a kid. Thank you, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, Forever Connected, CCR's Midnight Special to this segment. Time Out, it is such a conflicting segment for me because of the accident and John Landis, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, but the subject matter itself, it's icky, and Morrow's portrayal of Bill Connor, he just makes you feel uncomfortable. Like, when you're in the bar, it's just like, shh, just be right. quiet, be right. quiet, you know? It, it just, and just hats off to him, man, and yeah, it, it, it is, it, it's, it's a black cloud on this movie, it truly is. And yeah. I knew growing up as a kid, like, I was told that, like, you know, oh, he died because of an accident in right. this movie. And I think this is the first time that I knew this to be a thing with movies that, like, oh, famous people, like, like bad things happen, I guess, you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, it always just kind of stuck with me, and then as a kid, I didn't really know all the ins and outs and everything, but obviously the, you know, the, the courtroom drama lasted almost a decade, but, right. you know, then you find out more about it as time goes on, and you're just like, oh, man, you just... But, yeah, that was kind of an eye-opener for me as a kid, realizing, you know, you know, actors can die. It yeah. happens, you know. But uh, Kick the Can is just a sad, but it's a beautiful story that I understand more now than ever as I've gotten older. Um, as a kid, I always look forward to the good, It's a Good Life because it's, you know, the crazy special effects... Uh, even though it messed with me, and, and maybe I kind of wanted to be Anthony to a certain degree, um, but it was always fun to me. I look forward to it. Right. <laughs> Nightmare at 20,000 Feet is arguably a masterpiece anthology segment for me, and uh, I, it's, it's, it's really made me consider bumping the raft from my dream booking of uh, a horror anthology movie. Seriously, yeah. so clearly, this is... I. And I, I think I would. I, I think the raft's bumped. I'm making another retraction. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Lithgow's Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Well, yeah, it's way better than the raft. It's not but, a uh, question. I mean, I did. I, I forgot how incredible Lithgow was. Minds can be changed out here on the highway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but he did. His, his character, it just carried the whole segment. But King, this was, a, this was a cherry selection, man. Like, thank you. For picking this, I, I, it has been too damn long yeah, since I seen the same this. For creep shit too. <laughs> you asshole, <laughs> you spiteful motherfucker, man. No, but seriously, man, it, it's been too damn long since I've seen this, and uh, considering how much I watched it as a kid, I, it's just, it, it's, it's a shame to be honest with you. But I, I toyed raising this anywhere from like a half a star to a star and a half, and I ended up kind of settling in the middle. And I raised it a full star from a 7 to an 8 out of 10. Stamp it! Hell yeah, baby. It deserves a stamp. Even with the bad stigma and yeah. the uh, questionable storyline for the sure. first segment. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm rating it nostalgically. Yeah, I get exactly. it. I get I it, man. Exactly. I understand. And that's where I'm at with it. And yeah. that that time away from it and rewatching it, oh my god, it was... Like it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Seriously. I just, I try to imagine, like, man, if there was a different segment for for fucking Time Out, this movie would be a nine point five for me, man. It really would, you know. And I can appreciate why you think that. It's yeah. 
I, I think would be safe to say I'd have it at a nine. Right. Oh, it's yeah. great, man. Thanks, buddy. Hey, man. That's why they tell me you can. <laughs> Is it? Is it now? The fucking royal bloodline. <laughs> Make sure to check out our friends Justin Ramsey and Aaron Scaletta over at Raised in Horror, the Psycho Siblings podcast, Woo. where they review all things horror all the time. Their episode of Wrong Turn was pretty nice. I like that. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's not a great movie, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I like this movie. Yeah. It's yeah. got the uh, home feeling, I guess. Yeah, a little you bit. Yeah. So, yeah. I do enjoy Wrong Turn. Just yeah. the first one, though, to be honest. I'm not a fan of the uh, sequels. Ah, some people like the sequels. I, I know that there is a I fan I like part base. two, there and fan some base, of the other sequels are, I don't know, they're worth watching. I know Doug Bradley's in one... Eh. Yeah, yeah, but it's they're worth watching once. Low yes. priority. Low priority. I agree with that too. Yep. But yeah, that that I don't know. The original though, it was fun as hell. I I always liked it. But uh, you know, hitchhikers, check them out. So they're doing a back to school theme that uh, will start off with Wes Craven's modern classic Scream from 1995. Oh, shit. Hell yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. heavy hitters. Throat. Yeah, big time. Yep, literally. I mean, what do you follow up with that? Well, uh, rumor has it, it might be The Faculty from 1998. Fucking A. I, yes, I love, love this movie. Yes. I saw it in a theater, almost vacant, when I was in Jacksonville, Florida, when I got stationed down there, when I was in the Navy. It was love at first sight. I mean, it really was. Like, I was like, this movie is nice. This is a nice movie. I liked it a lot. I, I mean, it's it's 90s. I mean, it's oh, dated, yeah, definitely. but it's perfect. It's perfect. I saw it downtown. Did you? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's cool. pretty sweet. Yeah. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Raisin Horror. So that'll be Wes Craven's Scream coming to you Thursday, September 3rd from the Psycho Siblings Raisin Horror Podcast. Find them now on your favorite podcasting app, Horror Movie Fans. Check them out. All right, Hitchhikers, this concludes our review of Twilight Zone, the movie from 1983. We hope you all enjoyed our breakdown of this 80s horror, sci-fi, anthology fan favorite. Be on the lookout for new announcements and updates on our Facebook page, Nostalgia Highway Podcast. And you can also check out the Kings and my own letterbox profiles. Kings is Patriarch1979, and mine is Matlog16. Yeah, we're always on there, updating stuff, adding more movies as we Are watch. Oh. Yeah. I'm not. It's cool. It's a great app. I need to get on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's old news. Highway. It's not highway, guys. <laughs> Hitchhikers, let me know. Do you guys want me to fucking start yes. a letterbox? Yes. Yeah, Please, a let poll. me know. Because, like, he needs to get on this. Seriously. Should I start one? <laughs> no, but it really is. It's a great app. I can barely work a Google machine, Man, so. It's, it's fun just, you know, instead of playing a game, you know, you're killing some time looking at movies and wrecking them. And, you yeah. Know. Well, that's what I do anyway, so... Right, oh, yeah. right on. It's just like, it's like a game for that. Okay. There you go. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Right. You can email the show at NostalgiaHighwayPodcast at gmail.com, and you can find us on Twitter at HighwayNHP. Hit us up, Hitchhikers. We'd love to hear from you. And once again, we want to give recognition and thanks to Sean Jackson and Cody Jones for the theme music they have allowed us to use for the show. Join us next time, where we are going to review the 2005... I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, is it a modern masterpiece? Is it a is it I mean, a classic? It's better than the fucking spirit. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell yes. you that much. Yes. It qualifies as a modern masterpiece. I think it's... It definitely changed the game a little bit when it came to making movies. I love the uh, the creative liberties that was taken with this. Well, what the fuck are we reviewing again? What is it? What's the name? Sin City. Oh, shit. Yeah. From 2005. Hell yeah. I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logson, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll pick you up next time out on the highway. I thought that guy at 20,000 feet was very scary. It was. It was. It was awesome. Was it the scariest thing? For me, absolutely scary. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you guys want to see something really scary? I mean, really fucking scary? Wait, wait, wait.